Hello and welcome to your Reality Check. It is Thursday the 31st of March. You are listening to the Reality Check on Revolution Radio. And as always, today we will be talking about how our thoughts and emotions create our actions. My name is Glenn Thomason and I'm joined as always by Mr. Nigel Booth, the Reality Coach. How are you, Nigel? I'm fantastic, buddy. You know, it's been a great week, but I've got to say to you, the weather's changed a bit, hasn't mm, it? It has, yeah. I think we had one good day on Sunday, was it, or Saturday? Saturday was Saturday amazing. was amazing. You and know, then, and yeah. it's like all of a sudden it goes back again. I do yeah. hope the spring weather springs back into springs action. Springs back. It will come Definitely. back soon. At least the nights are a bit longer, I suppose. Aren't That's they just? Isn't it? Aren't uh, they just? Uh, nights are longer? Does that make sense? The days are longer, The days they? are longer, yeah, I the think. The days yeah, are longer. Yeah. That's the right way to say it. So, guys, today we have got a very special... Uh, show for you i'm going to be interviewing mr nigel booth the reality coach himself um quite excited about this one yeah me too if i'm being honest with you it's 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 generally me and you that we're interviewing and sort of exploring mm. other people's lives and how, how how they sort of got to where it is that they are and when you said it earlier on in the week I'm thinking, oh, wow, okay. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm not quite seeing what you're going to ask me, but uh, <laughs> let's go for it. All good things, all good things. Good, good, good. So, yeah, I mean, we've been doing this show for quite a while now, and our regular listeners will know uh, that you've got a real passion for helping people and, and getting them to share their truth, and also in uh, in talking about where people are paying it forward and all those good things. So I just, I wanted to kick off and ask if there's ever been a time in your life when this perhaps wasn't a priority for you, and, and if so, what, what changed um, to get you into that position where you you know you spend all of your time wanting to help other people definitely there was a time where you know uh, it wasn't a case of projecting it forward to other people it was mm. always about myself and I think that's the same for most of us when we're going through them informative years as, as teenagers I think what happened early doors early early doors um, I, I was abused um, uh, which had a huge impact and from that abuse I had um, a motorcycle accident, uh, which then ended up me having uh, plastic surgery on my face, which then moved on to a a second motorcycle accident that uh, I broke one of my legs and two of my arms. And then I had the third motorcycle accident of where I ended up in in a wheelchair for two and a half years. Oh, wow. Now, at the point of where the surgeon, who actually finally did operate on my spine, I remember him distinctly turning around to me after a few weeks in hospital after this third motorcycle accident and him saying, the likelihood of you walking again is very unlikely. Mm. It was a bit of a shock. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. I also remember, I wasn't being sarcastic, but I I just couldn't accept it. Mm. And I said, thank you. You know, it's great that you've got that, but no, it's not for me. This mm. is not going to. It's not going to be the case. But I do remember at that point because I was also homeless as well at that point. Wow! So I ended up um, spending a lot of time in a number of different places. Um, and bearing in mind, at this point, I was in a wheelchair. But I ended mm. up staying at the YMCA uh, oh, okay. over in North Staffordshire. Fantastic place, it really, really was. And I think everybody has those jokes about the YMCA oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and the song and the song. The that's song. right. <laughs> But what it actually did for me, I think it was the first time that there was a real genuine interest in me. It wasn't where I'd been, what I'd done, but who it is that I am really now. Mm. And I think being in a wheelchair, it was a shock because, you know, I was was a young lad, um, very quite active. Uh, I wasn't the... um, I was, I was slightly off with, with most things in life. You know, I was into motorcycles. I was into doing a variety of things. But I remember, hey, these people, 
taken an interest in me, which was like really for the first time. Mm. So the, from there, that's what really started to sort of have an impact on me in saying, wow, so this isn't just about me. And I'm, I remember sort of having that whole change of wanting to help other people in my situation because wow. up until then, nobody really sort of, I was on the streets, yeah. and there was yeah. no support living in derelict yeah. houses and whatnot. So yeah. that, for me, that was a real significant change yeah. in the way that I thought about not just me, but about everybody else. Uh, Nigel, you were just talking there. There was a lot of things, actually, uh, that I wanted to ask you about there. But in particular, being in a wheelchair and being told that you're, um, you know, that, 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 that it's unlikely that you'll be able to walk again. I mean, that blows my mind because, like, you... I, you walk around completely unaided. I mean, no one would even know. It's not like you've got a stick or even a limp. Um, that's incredible. And I think I think it does probably speak to the power of the mind in, in, in turning around and saying, no, I'm not going to accept this as a reality. And, and just, you know, focusing on that, on, that, on that point. It's absolutely incredible. How long did that take, that process, to be back walking again? Uh, a number of years. Mm. A number of years, and, and 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 just to sort of of put it across, I have issues with my back most weeks. Right. You know, uh, and it is a case of learning. And I think you'll find with most people that have had injuries or have got disabilities, hmm. uh, we find a way of dealing with it. And again, it's a choice. Yeah. You know, the choice in your head is that you can actually sit here and say, you know, this is me. This is what I've got, so I can't do anything. Hmm. Or you can say, okay, I'm going to find out what it is that I can do. Yeah, yeah. You know, so but it it, it took about. Oh, let me think. It was a, probably about, I think it was 1984 mm. that I had the, the, the final surgery. And this is where they put what they called a heart cell rectangle at the base of my spine that actually held my spine together. Oh, yeah. And then uh, rehabilitation, it was about nine months of learning and relearning how to walk again. At this point, I'd gone down to something like eight and a half stone uh, because you just get muscle wastage. And... Um, yeah, so it, it, it probably all in all, it was very about five years uh, from having the accident to, to being mobile without uh, walking sticks or in the wheelchair, or at one point I even had uh, like one of the old people's frames when I was first started to, to learn to walk again. Wow, yeah, yeah. But you're a, bit, a big impact. Um, and I suppose just thinking about it now, I sort of talk about it very matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's the same with most of us that have got a story, and every mm. single person's got a story. Um, when it's not happened to you, you think, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, I mean that's an unbelievable thing to hear. Um, but it, I mean, it is believable, obviously. But I just mean it's it's incredible, actually. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I think when people are telling their story, because you've lived, gone through it, and it was many, many years ago, you know, that's you've kind of put it down as that's what it that's what it was, wasn't it? But when you're talking to other people and they're like, gosh, that all all of that stuff that has happened to you, it's it's I have to say it's quite incredible for you know, to have gone through all of that and then to be where you are today is is an inspiration, to be honest, because, you know, um we're all guilty, I think, of some days, you know, moaning about little things and being mm. upset by the little things. And I'm sure you are too, but it's one of those where I'm now thinking, God, I don't have any of those that, that that extent of hardship really you know in a wheelchair homeless um, all of these situations that that many people do 
struggle with and face and it's just it's a bit of a it's a bit of a reality check isn't it actually to sort of <laughs> sit back and go wow wow yeah I'm uh, it could be a lot worse for me and many others couldn't it well absolutely and I think that's one of the things that we all need to hold on to is mm. that like most situations that we find ourselves in particularly those ones that are unexpected mm. you know um, we, we, we sometimes we actually find it difficult to 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 readjust you know, we can have all those things like, for example, if you come to the end of a relationship or you get made redundant or you have an accident or, or something happens, it does take a small amount of, of time to readjust. Mm. But I think the mindset is how you describe yourself. It's how you accept how you describe yourself and actually how other people describe yourself. Yeah, yeah, As I was saying true, yeah. to uh, Mr. Dove, who is, is my surgeon, uh, he was saying the likelihood is very unlikely. And I was very polite, even as a young guy, mm. and said, thank you, but no, thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, no. And I think, as you said, the power of thought mm. is incredible. Yeah. It really, yeah. really is. Absolutely. Um, Nigel, in terms of, um, I mean, you've, you've, it's quite, quite a distance you've come from, from those times you described earlier on in the show. Um, I'm just wondering, what, at what point or how did you get into this kind of mindset of, of, of paying it forward and, and helping people from, you know, from going from that type of situation into, you know, where you are today? I think what happened, uh, whilst I was at the YMCA, uh, and, and I'm not religious, um, mm. you know, and although it, it, it was quite a religious organisation, mm. um, they never pushed it. But I was very shocked and touched and inspired, actually, um, by the way that they approached me. Right. And, and it, it, it had a real impact. And, and it got me into thinking, I want to do what they're doing. Mm. And I remember around the corner, somebody had explained that there was a charity working with young people on the streets. And uh, I can't rightly remember how we got in touch. I think somebody from the YMC got in touch. They came around and I started to work for them. And I started to sort of, and again, they were based here on part of me was in my wheelchair. And there was also a oh, period wow. of time that I was out of my wheelchair. Mm. Um, in fact, I've got a photograph somewhere of me in the, the bar at the YMCA in Elpin Hanley in North Staffordshire oh, wow. in my wheelchair. But I started to work with this charity that was working on the streets. And, and I, it just felt very natural because what these guys on the streets were, were, were going through, I've been through. Mm. And, and also coming out the other end of that. And I know it was a, a dramatic event that actually took me to the end of it, but it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I just found it really good for me. Mm. It wasn't just about them as well, although it was about them. Yeah. It was good for me. I felt good that I was actually making a difference. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's good, it'd be good for them as well to be speaking to somebody who's been there as well. Because I can imagine, it, you know, there's a lot of people out there that would want to help and go forward. But if you're, and I'm sure people do that are in homeless charities that perhaps aren't, haven't been homeless, but it must carry so much more weight if you're talking to somebody and you know you can be empathetic but then you can really be empathetic when you've actually walked in their shoes absolutely and you know and i think it's it's fair to say that you don't have to have experienced something just to support somebody yeah gone so i think something. that's what i was trying to say yeah is that i can i can support that that must be horrendous but I, and, and i can only imagine how horrendous it is to, to to be in that situation but you know and it was it just made me feel great and and I actually, because uh, I, I left school early doors, I left with no qualifications, mm. um, and bearing in mind my mindset when I was young is that I am thick, mm. um, because that's what I was told by my uh, uh, my, my form tutor, and it, it really got me into uh, talking with a lot of people that were being very supportive to me from the charity. Um, I started to really get into, so who am I really? Mm. 
Because it was evident up to that point is that, and I think it's the same for all of us when we're going through as informative years of trying to explore. I'm going from a a young person into a young adult. Mm. Um, you know, we do sort of go through a number of different phases, don't we, of trying to fit in with everybody else and trying yeah. to do what everybody else does. And because I was homeless, the only kind of people that I was sort of hanging around with were this other homeless people. So having this opportunity to to, to be brought out of that because of the physical circumstances I was in, and be placed in this environment where it was all about paying it forward, it was great for me to be able to say, okay, this is what I want to do. So working from uh, the, the charity point of view, it really started to, to have that uh, almost, it's almost infectious, you know, because it was not just sort of helping them, like I say, it was helping me. And it just moved on from there, really, um, to the point of where then I set up my own business mm. um, and, and started to sort of uh, pay it forward in that way and working with a variety of different people. Yeah. Wow. That's Yeah, that's really amazing. I can see how that – it makes sense, actually, as a progression of that. But, yeah, to, to go from being the kind of needing help to being the helper and then to setting up your own business basically just expanded on that is, uh, yeah, is amazing. Nigel, we've talked a bit about, you know, where you came from. Um, you've been um, doing this work with people, pay, helping people pay it forward um, for over three decades now. Um, I was wondering if you could share with our listeners a bit around the kind of process you take people through that you work with and, and, and also for people listening at home. Hopefully they'll be able to take some bits away from that as the things they can change in, in their life. Yes, yes. It's it's not easy to say it in, 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 in a couple of sentences, oh, really. Absolutely, yeah. But I think one of the biggest things that, that, that we've got here is that over, over the last couple of decades, we're seeing an increase in this, is where people have actually stopped talking positively about themselves and mm. encouragingly about themselves. People have stopped talking about their dreams and their desires in a way that can, can really sort of embed it so that we can actually put actions into place so that we can achieve it. Mm. And I think that um, when I started started to look at myself and I started to sort of see some of the things that I actually was getting up to, th- it wasn't really who it is that I was authentically. Mm. You know, it wasn't about me trying to be who it is that I was. It was more about me trying to fit in with everybody else. Yeah. And and I think that the process that, that, that I take people through, it is about going beyond the masks that we wear. And it's, it's quite strange, really, that, like, say, over three decades ago, mm. you know, we, we, we sort of called the company Beyond the Mask. <laughs> and, and it's only of recent, only of years, recent years it's become that think, much more. Wow. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People think you're a, a st- another lockdown startup company. But That's no. right. No, it's <laughs> been around it's, for a while. <laughs> a long time. But it, it is about recognizing that I think there's a lot of us that we don't really understand of how do we make that decision of who it is that we are and, and how do we present ourselves? And when we consider that the vast majority of who it is that we are is inside of our head, mm. you know, and all of the thoughts and all of the emotions that create our actions, they're done internally. Mm. And I think a lot of the occasions that I talk with people, it's about getting them back to who it is that you really are. Yeah. You know, you think about some of the masks that we wear, you know, you can be, for example, for myself, you know, um, not only am I a dad, you know, I'm a husband, you know, I'm a friend, mm. you know, I've got these, and these different masks for every single person. You know, and, and you know, I, I I don't just have one child; I have three. Yeah, and you know, they they, they are different people. Yeah, different so people, I treat them things. differently, and that actually makes me different to them. You've always got that sort of underlining. This is who I am. Mm. You know, I, I you know, when I remove my masks, I am still me. 
but then there is that sort of mask that when I go to work here on the radio show, um, I actually put on the mask of being a radio presenter. Yeah, yeah, know? absolutely. Um, and if I'm working with somebody on a face-to-face, you know, it's, of course I, I go and put my professional mask on. Mm. But the, the process is, for me, it's actually asking those direct questions to people that actually get to the point of saying, so, actually, who are you really? You know, we talk about the intent, and I think, they were, you know, something I talk about all the time is the mm. intent of an apple pip. If we talk about the intent of an apple pip, of course, internally in that apple pip, there has to be an intent for it to be an apple tree. Yeah. Because if it wasn't, there'd be no way that it would turn out to be an apple tree. If there's no intent there, it would turn out to be an orange tree or an Mm. oak tree. So somewhere along the line, the intent was for that to be uh, an apple, uh, sorry, an an apple tree. Mm. I believe that that same level of intent we have inside of us and the intent of who it is that we really are and what was the intent for us to really do. Yeah. Most of us, we actually start to take a bit of time out and really think about, so what do I really want to do? Yeah. What does that real push, that real sort of, of energy that comes up in us that says, you know, it, and for example, if I won the lottery is one of those yeah, things that yeah. we all talk about. But if there was this sort of magic wand that could actually get you to the point of saying, you know, ting, there you go, you are you, who would that be? And that's mm. quite a powerful thing when you're actually enabling somebody to talk about it. And, you know, some of the things that we do do is, is, is get people to sort of talk about if you knew that you couldn't fail, what would you be doing? And not mm. in fantasy mode. I'm not talking about going and being an astronaut if you don't like flying. I'm talking about that real deeper sense of self. If I knew I couldn't fail, what yeah. would I do? Yeah, it's about breaking it down and simplifying because that's a big question, isn't it? But it's, it's yeah. Nigel, just before the break there, um, we were talking about uh, that big question, what would you do if somebody, well, what is it? If someone told you that you couldn't fail, what is it that you what would do? What is it you'd be doing? And I think that's one that I've, I've been asked a few times mm. and I've thought about and tried to, to break down. And it's, it's an interesting one. I think for me, the thing that I find the most difficult with that is it's, it's probably the, the fear of, of failure, isn't it? So actually removing that fear allows you to kind of open it up um, and, and, and think about it. But I think that's, that's probably the thing that stops most people, in my view, is, is the fear of, of, uh, of doing something and then, and then it being a failure and everybody kind of, you know. I think you're right. And I think that uh, fear is the wrong word. Mm. And when we actually go back to very basics, you know, and the basics of survival is that what we do as human beings, we will move towards that that we see that is good for us mm. and we will move away from that that we feel that is bad for us. Yeah. So when we utilize the word fear, of course, the first thing that we do, we start to move away from it. Mm. So that when we come across, you know, where we're going through changes, and change is a very natural process. If you consider, you know, uh, my life, you know, I'm, I'm just rocking up to 60 really, really quickly. Mm. I can go back and I've been in, in different bodies. Uh, I had hair at one point. Um, you know, <laughs> I enjoy different things. Um, and, and, you know, very physically, this is a completely new body. There's mm. the, the people would su- suggest that every seven years that every part of oh, you yeah, yeah. Is, is, is different. Yeah, because like the atoms That's move right. in and out, don't they? And yeah. your skin is shredding all the time. So change is a very natural thing. But what we've actually come to is the way that we describe things, the way that we become in society, we actually look. And when I ask the question to people, so what stops you from change? People says fear. Mm. And actually it isn't. 
it isn't fear. Fear is something, if, if a great big tiger jumped into the studio now, now that would be fear. Yeah. You know, and that would probably be more on a like, not a mental level, but a physical, like you would start running before you'd even had time to think about whether or not you should stick around. Absolutely. That's where, again... It's like we, a biological part type of fear. As well. well, it's the fight and flight syndrome. Mm. Am I bigger than it or is it bigger than me? So one of the things that I take people through is actually trying to get them to understand that fear isn't the real word. If we can change that word, maybe to inquisitiveness. Mm. You know, it just is, it's a slight change in, in words, but it's a huge change in energy. Mm. Because all of a sudden, while you're actually being inquisitive, we're starting to explore. And without actually making any decisions there and then, and just taking that opportunity of saying, okay, well, if we're going to go through this change that we're looking at, and whether that's in relationships and where we live, what we're doing, where we're going, and actually just take a bit of time out to sort of be inquisitive about that without making any decision, that's where we start to see people going, all right. Mm. And we can start to look at what is the impact. I think that people do use the word fear a lot. And if they were to change it to inquisitiveness, you, you we see very, very quickly that there is a huge change in the way that we actually start to manage our lives. Yeah, just from using a word that's perhaps a little bit more positive or hasn't got those kind of connotations to it. But you're right. I've read, I've heard about where, you know, they, they've done tests where they like monitor people's minds and you say certain words. And if it's a negative thing about yourself, they track that. And mm. if it's a positive thing. So it kind of, it does make sense actually that, if we're not even using the right word and it's quite a negative word, maybe that does need changing. I think there are lots of things, <clears throat> excuse me, there are lots of things that, that I take and I try to turn them on the head a little bit. Mm. You know, a, a lot of the things that, that people say to me is, particularly when we're talking about big things, you know, they'll say, yeah, I believe it when I see it. Yeah. And, you know, and I see all those phrases, isn't it? it is what it is and yeah. things like that that are like, it's, it's a defeatist kind of, I mean, well-intentioned. I know lots of people say those things, yeah. but actually, if you break down what you're actually saying there and how damaging that can be, I think. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I believe it when I see it. I actually yeah. say that, you know, believe it and you will see 